Hey, tell me what you want. What I really, really want? It's manners. Travis McElroy. And I'm your wife host, Teresa McElroy. And you're listening to Schmanners. It's extraordinary etiquette. For ordinary occasions. Hello, my dog. Hello, dear. Oh. Oh, Teresa. Oh. oh. Oh, Teresa. Oh, Travis. It's the best time of year. It's the best time of year. The most wonderful time of the year? No. No. That's Christmas. Oh, but okay. this is the best time of year. <laughs> this is the best time of and you know why? Why? Because it's Max Fun Drive. Hey. Did you know why the Max Fun Drive is the best? Um, be, because it's a. It's not chan- a trick question. I'm not looking for like a oh. trick question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because it's a time where we can um, welcome new members to Max Fun Drive. To yeah. Max Fun. And not just that, it's a time when, uh, really, every day, like. Picture like a video game, right? And you have like a health bar, right? But that health bar is like gratitude, right? Humility, mm. right? Thankfulness. Every day, my health bar just goes boop, 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 boop. And, you know, fills all the way up. And it just gives me a real spring in my step, a real bounce in my stride, a real hustle in my bustle. Because I get to feel great. And uh, so we're going to talk more and more about the Max Fun Drive. But if this is your first Max Fun Drive, real quick rundown. Uh, you can go to Maximum Fun dot org slash donate and become a member today at a bunch of different levels starts at five dollars a month your monthly donation uh, a small part of it goes to the um, operating cost of maximumfund.org so they can you know pay their employees and then the rest of it the majority of it goes to the shows you actually listen to when you become a member you pick what shows you listen to and your money gets divided between those shows so you actually are directly supporting the art and artists you love and you get a lot of amazing benefits for becoming a member and um, we're going to tell you all about them but the number one the most important one my favorite is you get over a hundred hours of bonus content i think at this point it's more like over 120 Oh, yeah. There's a ton of stuff. Uh, Including an episode we did this year all about Houdini and seances, the etiquette of seances, uh, and my one of my heroes, uh, Harry Houdini. And uh, you get to hear me present that to Teresa, which is already... I always love. (laughs) um, And you can do that at MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. But that's not all we're talking about this week. Another reason there's a very exciting episode. When I was thinking about what's a special topic, what's something we were talking about it, like what's something special we could something talk Something that we thought our, our members, our Max Fun members, new and upgrading, uh, new and upgrading wouldn't really enjoy because it's what I really, really want. Yeah. <laughs> and here's the thing. As we've been doing this show over the last couple of years, what I've realized is there's like a through line of a lot of the questions we get from listeners that basically boil down to how do I politely get what I want? How do I achieve my wants and needs without being a jerk about it? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and that's and it's something we talk about whenever that comes up of like it's so 
that it's such a, a hard position to be in to want to be a polite person. Yes. A kind person. Yes. A decent person. Indeed. But also be direct and like and have wants and desire like it's so you in this world i feel like there are two kinds of people there are there are people who like are worried about upsetting other people okay and then there are people who don't and so they don't just, worry about upsetting yeah, other people I and they see. just get what they want you know what i mean and it's like when so for example if you have a neighbor who's being rude to you right they're clearly not worried about being rude to you but you are worried about being rude to them and asking them to stop being rude to you. So you end up not getting what you want and the neighbor just gets to keep doing what they want. You know what I mean? So where is the middle ground there? Right. Because what we don't want to do is double the amount of rudeness in the world. Right. But what we do want to do is make sure, uh, try and make a win-win situation out of a win-lose situation. And I, I think, and we'll talk more and more about this as we go, but to give an overarching, just right here at the beginning, piece of advice, I think that for whatever reason, we've reached a point, at least here in the U.S., I don't know, I've never spent, you know, very much time outside of our country and culture, but I think that we've hit a point where too often people... Uh, like overlap in their heads direct with rude. Correct. That does happen a lot. Um, and I I think that the reason is because um, tone plays so much of a role in in politeness uh, that the idea of confrontation has become more as an argumentative tactic mm-hmm. than it has as like a um an explanate explanative explit explanatory explanatory Found tactic it. there it is got oh. it oh who, who needs those oh what's the uh, none of what i was about <laughs> to say was important i was then trying to think of the word for something that goes at the end of a word to make it different Ugh, it's not that important don't worry about it um but I also think there's probably a certain amount of, like, cultural sexism to it, too. Sure. Where a lot of the time, like, women are like women who are direct are often uh, categorized in maybe unfavorable ways mm-hmm. of, like, uh, right? And Whereas men sucks. who are considered direct are, are more likely... Go-getters who know yeah. what they want mm-hmm. and confident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I also think that that has had a big point in a lot of the questions we get, right, of, like, just over time people like a half of our society more or less being told like don't ask for what you want don't ask for what you want don't ask. And, the- and the surest way to not get what you want is not to ask for it yeah so uh, and here's the thing too it's so pervasive uh, mm-hmm. and I, I don't mean the cultural sexism though also yes that. <laughs> i mean like the issue of getting what you want i feel like it touches so many if not all points of your life right if you're talking about you know work or dating sure. mm-hmm. or friendship or whatever if i feel like it applies to so many topics that like it should be a cornerstone this is a thing i think about all the time of like i got a weird kind of in to the education of getting what you want from acting school 
because in acting, at least at my school, in my program, they talk a lot about like tactics and objectives. Right? Certainly. And so your objective is like, I want their fortune, right? Okay. That's the character, not me. I would never <laughs> do that. But the character wants their fortune. And so, you know, tactic one, we've been watching a lot of series of unfortunate <laughs> events, but tactic one might be uh, to charm them for the fortune, you know? And so then that's the tactic. Oh, no, that tactic's not working. So now maybe it's to threaten them for their fortune. Oh, that's not working. So maybe it's to... But, and you know what I mean? Shifting tactics mm-hmm. to get your objective. Right. And it really made me start thinking about, like, how in real life you interact with people to get what you want. Absolutely. And that could also be... We talked, I think it was last week, about being the boss, right? Maybe what you want is a better performance from your employee. So you shift tactics. Some some employees respond well to, you know, when the pressure is on, right? Some employees need a gentler hand. Some employees need encouragement beforehand. Some, you know, they need promise to, of a reward. Right. And so you shift your tactics to get what you want. And if you keep doing the same tactic every time, you don't always get what you want from your employees or your friends or whatever. I think that that's why this topic is so hard. I know we're talking a lot beforehand, but it's a big one. Um, I was looking through the questions, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of it is like, there is no three-step process of like, stand like this, say this, make eye contact, and you'll always get what you want. But there are a few things that if you do consistently, you will begin to see other ways that you can get what you want. Okay. So a, a couple of the things. You should really try and go at your negotiation processes, whatever you're negotiating for in your personal or business life, um, trying to advocate for a win-win outcome where you get what you want and I get what I want. And that's not going to say that's not to say that you're going to get everything that you want. Um, J. Paul Getty, who was talking about business, said you must never try to make all the money that's in a deal. Let the other fellow make some money, too, because if you have a reputation for always making all the money, you won't get many more deals. And so let's take that and apply that to out of business, apply that to friendship, right? So say, like, you want to go, your friends are going to a movie, right? And Mm -hmm. you want to see this movie, and your friend wants to see this movie, right? Okay, cool. One, if every time you go to the movies, you make your friend see the movie you want, they are going to be less likely to want to go to the movies with you. Exactly. And if you, vice versa, you don't want to go to the movies with them. So maybe you say like, hey, I've been dying to see this movie. Tickets are on me. Right? Maybe that. Or you say, let's do a double feature. We'll see my movie and then see your movie. Or we'll see your movie today. And what do you do on Wednesday? We'll go see my movie. Right? And All you, these sound great. Right. And you alternate like that. Um, the next thing that you should do is you shouldn't ambush your negotiation partner. Um, It really works best if you set up a kind of uh, like later, I'd really like to talk to you about blank so that you can gather your materials, whatever you may need. um, And your, your negotiation partner isn't blindsided about where did this come from? I never knew there was a difficulty like any of that stuff. So it's important um, if, if you're, going to have a real negotiation and not an argument <laughs> that you don't blindside each other so set up an appointment type thing 
And to take that and apply that to non-business, let's think about that in terms of like maybe you have an issue with your roommate, mm-hmm. right? Rather than just like storming into the room and saying like, hey, you never do the dishes, right? Or like, how come you don't clean up around here? Instead, go to them and say, hey, whenever you have some time, I would love to have a conversation about chores getting done around the house because I really feel like there are some issues. And and if you do that, make sure you don't let let it start then. Set up a real time so that each of you can make your think about your own points before you start it. And up. also so you're not going into it hot. Yeah. Because that's the other thing is if you're coming straight from like walking into the kitchen and seeing a huge pile of dirty dishes and that's when you go and talk to them. It's hard to have a balanced conversation, but it's also important that you don't just go to someone and say, hey, let me know when you have some time to talk. I'd love to talk to you later. Right. Because that is still kind of um, that's still an ambush because you don't know what you're going to be speaking about, especially if it's clear from like your tone of voice that you're upset Mm -hmm. and that other person's like, wait, what is it? What's wrong? And you're like, no, don't worry about it. We'll talk later. That's bad because then that puts someone really on it, especially if it's relatively minor, right? I've had people do that to me before. It's like, hey, make sure you talk to me before you leave today. And I spend the whole day like, oh, no. And then I (laughs) duck in and they're like, yeah, can you go pick this thing up tomorrow? I'm like, yeah, yeah. Why did you say that? (laughs) Um, The next thing is you should clearly uh, communicate your needs. Um, And we've, we've talked about this a lot. Talking in I statements really helps with that. Um, You can even use we if the situation is appropriate in the way of instead of um, saying like, I need more time to myself. You could say, we need to schedule our time more, more balanced in a more balanced way. Something like that. Also, and we've covered it. I think I know we've talked about it before, but. In that, tone of voice is so important, right? So one of the questions we get a lot is like, when when I don't want to do so. So let's take it into sports, right? So okay. like someone's organizing a softball game, right? And this happened to Teresa because <laughs> Teresa doesn't like to play. And they would ask her like, hey, do you, do you want to play? Now there's a big difference here. But going, oh, no, you know, I... I, it's fine because that makes it sound like I'm worried that I'm not going to be good enough and you are opening the door for them to encourage you. Yeah, the subte- the subtext of that is please convince me why right. I need to play. As opposed to saying, no, thank you. I don't really like playing sports. I'm not really interested. I just I'd much rather watch. Thank you. Yeah. Boom. Boom. Clear. But you could also throw it off by saying like, oh, no, thank you. <laughs> You know, I, I I just don't really care about sports. I, I, I'd much rather watch because then it still sounds like I haven't made up my mind about mm-hmm. it. Right. Mm-hmm. So this is another this is a big point about the difference between direct and rude. There is nothing wrong with being direct. And in most cases, it's actually way more polite to be direct and to say, no, thank you. Yes. I'd rather not play. Like, for example, if someone asks you out on a date and you don't want to go. It is way more polite to be direct and say, I really appreciate the offer, but I am not interested. Right. It's right. way different from like, oh, you know, I wish I could, but my schedule is just so busy right now because then that makes it sound like ask me again later mm-hmm. or like, oh, you know, I'm just not really looking for a relationship right now. That says like convince me as opposed to I am not interested. It's harder and it feels meaner because it's direct. 
but it's actually the more polite thing to do. Right. Uh, the next tactic um, is to be attentive. Listen well. You can you can really get kind of stuck in trying to get everything that you want. And it can feel very much like that's the only space that occupies behind your brain. You know, you kind of get that that glassed over kind of look. Um, but if you're if you're listening, if you're really listening, it makes for better negotiation um, because not only do you find something that maybe the two of you both want, you can also learn to empathize with their point of view. And it makes it more of a of a win win situation, which is the ultimate goal of negotiation. And so let's put that in terms of like a relationship, right? So you're talking to your partner and you're talking about things like, hey, I would like us to work on this, right? If you listen, one, you might find, as Teresa said, you are on the same page about something. But also, hey, take it from me, Travis McRoy, former terrible listener, current, okay, listener, <laughs> doing better, <laughs> of like, there are things that you hear. It's like, oh, you know, I've just never thought about it. It literally takes nothing from me to do that thing for you, right? And right. And it's ex- it's exponentially more rewarding for me because all I have to do is just stop doing a thing I'm not even committed to doing, and that will make you very happy. And mm-hmm. so, like, I get rewarded for a very low effort thing from me. I right. I think in terms of reward a lot. We've been watching uh, <laughs> The Good Place, and they talk about like the moral dessert. You know, it's like yes, that's me. That's what I want. That I is want what you mean. rewards. Um. And so I thought that I might give some actual, like, I mean, like we've been giving, some real examples of concrete things that you can say instead of something else, okay? So you can transform an argument by saying something like, you're talking about a problem that can be seen from many angles. In this case, the most important thing to me is blank. Instead of, I disagree, I see it differently. Or, I don't care about that. I don't exactly. care about the thing that you're worried about. Right. Um, here's another tactic. You can reinterpret. Um, so instead of saying, I'm, I completely disagree, I'm of a completely different opinion, you can say, that's a good point, but I think we should also take blank into consideration, right? So you are acknowledging the other person by saying, yes, you are valid, and also, let's talk about this. Instead of saying, I have a completely different opinion. Yeah, that's an, okay. This is another really bad, this is a big faux pas you can make, right? So say, let's take it to like roommate again, right? Okay. And your roommate comes to you and says, you never do the dishes. Or I would like to discuss with you chores because I feel like the dishes aren't getting done. And I feel like I'm the only one doing them, right? Don't. Then immediately respond, well, I don't like the way you always leave your laundry. No, first say, okay, I, you are absolutely correct. I do recognize that I don't always do the dishes when it is my turn, and that is definitely something I need to work on. As long as we are discussing issues, I would also like to discuss laundry situation, right? So that way right. I am acknowledging your concerns. They are completely mm-hmm. valid. You are right. I would also like to talk about issues I have. Because that way, if you are acknowledging that those issues are valid, they are more likely to acknowledge your issues are valid and put you in a position where you can actually discuss the issues rather than just comparing 
which of you are angrier about the issues. Right. Which is which is another way of avoidance, right? That's another tactic that people use. But instead never start of... a sentence with, oh yeah, well <laughs> right. It that's no no one has ever gone, Yeah, you know what? Now that you're mad about your thing, I don't I'm, mad I'm about not mad thing. about my thing anymore. That doesn't happen. Should should that occur, um, if someone is trying to avoid, you can say something to the to, to the way of that is an important problem, but let's concentrate on this situation for now, right? Yeah. So steer them back gently, like with the validation, yes, what you are saying is important. We will come back to that. Let's work on this one for now, and we can we can work this whole thing out, right? It, it, it's a good, another weird uh, lesson came from improv for me, right? Because sometimes when you hear people say, yes, and... It sounds like you should literally every time say yes and. But really what you're doing is you're validating and contributing, right? Think about it that way. So you are saying that is a completely valid point and it's something I can work on. Or that mm-hmm. is an extremely valid point I have noticed. I you know I know that I don't always do the dishes when it's my turn. So you have said yes, that is a valid point, and I don't always do the dishes when it is my turn. Or yes, that is a valid point. And I am going to really make an effort to do the dishes more. So you are validating and contributing. Yes, so, and. Yeah, yes, and. Um, so those are some some really great ways to negotiate, uh, like I said, which is a, is a win-win. Uh, but one of the things that often gets, ex- I don't, what do you say, not exchanged, but like when you put a word in a place that really you mean another word? Oh, no, you've, oh, you asked me too quickly. Aww. It is, uh, subvert, no, replaced? Uh, uh, Com- whatever. Miscommunicated. Conflicated? Conf- Conflagrated. Is that it? Yes. Whatever. People we say. We are two very smart people. <laughs> I can't stress this enough. People <clears throat> say compromise when they mean negotiate. Yes. Um, and compromise has come to mean something a little different, really. Um, this was a problem I very much had when yeah. Teresa and I started dating is like the idea of compromise me meant negotiation. So it'd be like, okay, well, tonight we'll go do this thing I want to do, and tomorrow night we'll do the thing you want to do. And Which that's is not, negotiation. That's not really a compromise. Right. And I have to say that. In in finding these these nuanced definitions, I prefer negotiation. Yes, because um, compromise. I, yeah. negotiation can end win win. Most of the time, compromise is like you get a little bit of what you want, and while I also get a little bit of what, and neither one of us are super happy about it. Right. Well, so here's a very common um, example of compromise. I want Chinese food. Travis wants Indian food. We can't agree, so we compromise and get pizza. Which, I mean, according to that, yeah, we're still eating food. We both got to eat food, but neither of us got the kind of food that we wanted. Right. But because you didn't get the food you wanted, I'm not upset. And because I, but right. like, that's, yeah. It's not really good. But negotiating now, think- would be different. We negotiate, okay, this week we'll get Chinese food and next week we'll get Indian food. I think that the difference is I think negotiation is a lot easier when there's only like two parties involved. If you're talking about like I've got eight people in my house and eight of them want eight different kinds of food so we settle on pizza, 
I think that that is maybe where where compromise is more uh, applicable than negotiation. You know what I mean? The more people are involved where it's like, okay, great. We can't say for the next eight nights we'll each get different kinds of food or we'll order from eight different places. Mm -hmm. Because compromise really um, inherently includes sacrifice, right? Because you have to scale back a little bit on what you want. Um, whereas negotiation doesn't always have to entail sacrifice. Um, so, you know, I, I, real oh, quick, yeah. let's take a break and we'll talk more about this in a second. But first, I want to talk about the Max Fun Drive a little bit more. So first, let me say, what is it? Why why should you become a member? So I have at this point um, Schmanners, Trends Like These, My Brother, My Brother and Me and Adventures. And I have four shows that I've start that I currently run on the network. And then also still running is Bunker Buddies and and uh, Can I Put Your Dog, two other shows that I also help start on the network. And the thing is that I love Max Fun, and here is why. If you are a member and a listener, you also you not only are you supporting the shows you love, right? But you are also legitimizing it for the host, if that makes any sense. So like when I sit down to record an episode. I don't think I'm doing it for a paycheck. I'm doing it for you and you and you and you and you and you. And it you. makes it a community effort. Right. And it, it really, as a theater kid, lifelong theater kid, it is, I'm doing it for my audience, right? When we worked at Shakespeare Company, there was like a third of the audience that came to every opening night, right? And like you got to know them and you knew Charles and Susan and like you knew these people because they were there every time. And it meant a lot to you that they supported us. Right. And so like I care about the quality of our shows. I think about like what our topics are going to be because I want them to be good for our listeners. And like I try not to skip weeks if I can because it's for our listeners, right? Not just because it's my job. Because I know it's important to you. And and so over the years, this is my eighth Max Fun Drive. And it just every year, it just fills me with a sense of duty and honor and importance in a really wonderful way of like, we're all in this together. And here's the thing. You also might be thinking like, but don't I hear ads on Max Fun? You do. We do do ads. It does help uh, in part support. But Compared to, like, for, I think, max, we do two a show. Like, two ads a show. Compare that. There are some, and listen, I love them. I love the podcast so much. But they'll do, like, three or four ad breaks in an episode. And I just think that's too much. I think it's it's taking away content from the listeners, you know? But that's what some people, that's what some networks have to do to keep their shows going. But here on Max Fun, we don't. Because of you, because of the support that you give. Um, and I can't stress enough how much I appreciate it. It really does mean the world to me. Um, and and so here's how it works, right? So if you find that, like, you know, you look at your budget and you think, you know what, $5 a month. Yeah, I could do $5 a month. It's less than the price of, like, half of a, you know, movie ticket. Or it's, like, the price of a fancy coffee drink. Or maybe one beer out at the bar or, I don't know, a burger somewhere. Whatever. Doesn't matter. $5, right? And you say, you know what? I can do $5 a month. Then you can become a donor. And when you do, you will pick what shows you listen to. And that is where your support will go. 
And then we have other options. Uh, so at $5, you get access to the 120 hours of bonus content. And then from then Which on. Which I think is probably worth more oh than gosh, $5. So much. And then at that point, as long as you stay a member, as long as you keep donating $5 a month, every year, whatever new bonus content comes out, you continue to have access to it. Once you are a member, you get that, uh, you get that bonus content every year. Then next level, $10. So for $10 a month, you get the bonus content, and then you also get your pick of a Max Fun pen, right? These are drive exclusive enamel pens designed by Megan Lincott, uh, and these are brand new pens. This one, oh, it's a lovely, like, thank you note uh, pen that says, like, schmanners across it with, like, a heart, and it's in a little envelope, and it's Aww, very cute. so cute. Um, and that's $10. And then at $20, you get the bonus content, you get the pen, but you also get a lovingly curated uh, Max Fun Host cookbook where we have contributed uh, recipes to the cookbook. Um, and it ranges from cocktails to desserts and everything in between. Uh, and you also get a set of handsome space-themed cookie cutters, which will go great with that cookbook. And you also get the warm, fuzzy feeling inside. Um, and at $35 <laughs> a month. You get all that stuff, the cookbook, the cookie cutters, the pen, the bonus content. And you also get a one liter juice carafe, beautifully and permanently engraved with the Max Fun Rocket logo. <gasps> and it says here, not just for juice. Wow. Yep, you can put whatever in it. Um, <laughs> and then there are other levels. There's a $50 a month. And, and all of these stack up. Yes. So, yeah, you get that and everything above it, right? So you get, the, or below, whatever, before yeah. it. Before So you it. get the carafe. At 35 you get the craft, the cookbook, the cookie cutters, the pen, and the bonus content. And then there's a $50 a month, $100 a month, and $200 a month, um, which the $200 a month, you get free registration to MaxFunCon 2019. So, like, that inherently is amazing. Um, and here's the thing. Maybe you, you became a donor last year or in a previous year. But over the last year, you started listening to all the new shows on MaxFun. Maybe, you know, you've always been a Schmanners fanners. <laughs> and then this year you started listening to Wonderful too, or Still Buffering, or My Brother, My Brother and Me, or The Adventure Zone, or trends like these. And you're like, oh, I'm getting even more content. Or maybe you still just listen to Schmanners, which is also totally cool, <laughs> but you found that it's like an even more important part of your life over the last year. And so maybe you want to consider upping your donation and going from like $5 a month to $10 a month, or from $10 a month to $20 a month. That is amazing. And I... I Thank you. Our goal this year is 25,000 new and upgrading donors, and that is a huge goal. But I really, really think that we're going to hit it because of folks like you listening at home saying, yeah, you know what? It's time. It's time to step up and do it. Um, and that's the thing. Do it right now. Do it while you're thinking about it because it's so easy to say like, oh, yeah. And then two weeks later, Max Fund Drive is done. And, you, and you, can, to do it. you can always become a member of MaxFun, but you can't always get these sweet, sweet gifts. These are drive exclusives. So right now, go to MaxFunFun.org forward slash donate. And the one last thing I want to say, so I also re realized that not everyone can afford to donate. I totally get that. I, I was at a place in my life where that was absolutely true. You know, I was in college eating saltines and salsa for dinner. Bliss. I get it. Yeah, listen, I ain't proud of it. But I was there, I was doing it, and I couldn't have afforded $5 a month. I totally get that, and there is no, we have no issue, you and I, listener, but here's what you can do. 
You can go on social media. You can go on Twitter and you can say, it's Max Fun Drive time. Please consider donating the shows you love. Just go to maximumfun.org forward slash donate. You know, you can help us get the word out. You can tell your friends. You can you can increase the, the trendingness of these hashtags and this and Max Fun Drive. And oh, I'm so excited. I get so like uh, breathy and excited when I talk about Max Fun Drive. <laughs> but right now we're going to get back to the show. But please consider going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate and supporting the art and artists you love. Okay, so what do we want to talk? Do we want to talk about like confrontation? I mean, we have a lot of questions. Okay. Um, so we could just get into the questions and talk about stuff as it comes up. Or we could talk more about like what what's the difference between like negotiation and confrontation, how to be polite in confrontation. Well, um... I think let's just go to those questions okay. because a lot of them are are multi-part and I think we can include confrontation in a couple of them. Yeah, as well. and you know what? As I'm saying it, I'm also thinking about what a huge topic confrontation is yeah. versus nigga, we might have to do like a whole nother episode just about confrontation. Okay, so here are your questions. Emily asks, how do you assert yourself and make your opinions slash wants known when you're also super anxious about any possibility of confrontation? Um, I think that one thing that you can do and anxiety, anxiety isn't always related to the the situation that you're nervous about. It can be kind of like a a generalized feeling. Um, and sometimes just acknowledging that this is, this is anxiety that I'm feeling and nothing could really fix it really kind of helps it helps me. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if you're if you're nervous about a specific confrontation, uh, the possibility of the confrontation, I think it really helps to have all of your points actualized. Right. Think about the things that you are um, are worried will end in the confrontation. And write those down if that's if that's something that helps you or, you know, keep a list and kind of your brain and have those thoughts well organized so that you can continue to breathe through it. Um, because if you're if your thoughts are a big jumble and a mess, it's going to make you feel more anxious about the confrontation you're nervous about. So organize yourself and have all of your points ready and well thought out. I also think, Emily, sometimes you really have to think about maybe confrontation is not the accidental outcome of it, but it is the necessary outcome of it. Mm. Because confrontation doesn't always mean argument or, like, fist fight, right? Right. So, like, if there's another employee in the office that you have issues with, right, and you go to HR and you say something, you they might do, like, arbitration and, like, sit you down with that and, like, have a counselor there where you have to confront the issues between you and this person, right? And hopefully that results in a negotiation right. where the both of you can work out your differences in a way that creates a win-win solution. I also have found in my life that when I start to think about something, a lot of my nervousness and anxiety comes from, in my head, not actually answering the question, what's the worst that could happen, right? Mm. And instead just seeing this amorphous blob of terrible outcome, right? So sometimes for me, really thinking about what are the outcomes of this, right? That will help me realize like, you know, because a lot of the time, like if you go to your boss and ask for a raise, 
the worst that's going to happen is they say no, right? And you already right. don't have that raise. So the worst that happens is you continue to not have that raise. Oh, okay, cool. Well, then I'm just going to go ask because it is win neutral, you know, in that mm-hmm. circumstance, right? And if you need to go to somebody and say, like, hey, I don't like the way you do this thing, it might end in confrontation, but you are already upset at them, right? And they are already not doing the thing that you want. So is confrontation really that bad? Is it because otherwise you're just going to have this like festering anger at them that's still going to ruin whatever kind of relationship you have with them. So maybe confrontation is the sunlight that needs to, like, you know, disinfect the thing. Who knows? Who knows? Um, This question comes from Lainey. How can I tell if I can push for what I want or if I should concede? And Lainey put that in quotes after a long negotiation. Um, Well, you really have to have your your bottom line fleshed out already. Um, And the idea of conceding again relates to sacrifice i think um and if you need to step back from a negotiation i think that's okay before you sacrifice something that is is you know outside of your is below your bottom line i think that that's important it's so important that when you go in especially if you're talking like actual business mm-hmm. stuff like a contract or employment or anything you should go into it knowing, like, these are the things I want, right? Right. But I'm willing to give away. They're not necessary, but, man, it would be amazing if I had them. And these are the things I need. Like, I can't do this without these things, mm-hmm. right? And so then it becomes not a question of, like, conceding or giving something away, but, like, they can't do the things I need to do this job, then I can't accept it. Because sometimes, especially in business, the end of a negotiation is it's still no, right? Right. Negotiation doesn't mean that every time it's going to end with a handshake and a signature, right? Because sometimes the two parties just can't meet in the middle. And that happens both in business and in like personal relationships. You know what I mean? And unfortunately, I think that's another thing that people often that stop them from asking for what they want is they're worried like, well, there is an outcome where this ends my relationship with this person. Yeah, sometimes. But like there is also an outcome where you become closer and better, you know, partners or friends or whatever. And it really is like, how is this a need or a want scenario? I think mm-hmm. it's a big question. Yeah. And, and the other way that I would say, um, your your quote unquote concede um, may be necessary is you have to and we've talked about this before the idea of what is this relationship worth to you and if this is if the relationship is worth more than whatever your point is that you're willing to concede of from concede yep um, sometimes that's the thing right if your relationship is worth more than this other thing then you maybe should concede um so there's a there's a lot of these points and factors that you said like you said on your your need list is continue this relationship on the need list and if it is you might have to give up something else uh this question is from uh samantha 
How can I make it clear? Oh, this is good. This is from the other direction. How can I make it clear that although I would like something, if it's inconvenient for them, I'll get it myself without sounding like I'm trying to guilt them into getting it? Hmm. Um. Again, this is about relationship, right? So if this is a, a tactic that a person uses, this kind of guilting tactic, it's really hard to get out of that cycle of how do I do this thing without guilting them. I, yes, but I also think that this is a scenario in which you also have to consider that you are not the only responsible party here. That's so true. here's the thing. You could say it perfectly. You could say perfect tone of voice and perfect word choice, and this person still feel guilty because that's them right. reacting. It has more to do with them than it has to do with you. Right. So, like, for example, you could walk up to them and say, I need a ride to the airport. You are the first person I've asked. If you cannot do it, that is totally okay. I can find other options, right? And they still might feel like, oh, if I say no, they're going to be so mad at me, right? That's them. Even though you haven't indicated that at all. Right, that's them. And But I think that the key here um, is, is really, um, once again, ask for what you want. And if you want to give them an out, you can. But this is something I do a lot that is a problem I have that Teresa always points out, which is like, I say too much, right? Yeah. And so you explain way more than you need to. And you could say like, if you want to, maybe come at it a different direction. So like you need an air- a ride to the airport on Thursday. Start by saying, hey, what are you doing Thursday morning? And if they say, oh, I would say, are you available? Are you available Thursday morning, right? That way they can answer a yes or no question. Right. And then you say, "Okay, never mind. Right. Sure. Instead of I need a ride to the airport Thursday morning. And now you are asking them to like make a to tell you the reason they can't. Mm -hmm. Right. That might be a better way to do it is to like ask a yes or no question to start off with. Sure. That's a. I think that's a good way to try it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This question is from Roe. And once again, okay, if someone says or does something that upsets you without any malice on their part, of course, and you want them to stop, how can you approach the topic without sounding pushy or making it a big deal? And this is I wanted to include Mm. this question because I I think that this is another thing we touched on a lot, but I really want to drill down on, which is sometimes in trying to. And this is one of my favorite words, obfuscate. Um, how big a deal it is to you, uh-huh. it actually makes it more obvious to the person you're talking to that you're upset, right? Because we are all human beings who have been in social situations and the world before and see movies and TV, <laughs> and we know what it sounds like when someone's upset. So if you walk into your roommate's room and go, hey, um, so... <laughs> You know, the dishes still aren't done, and uh, I, I, you know, I've just noticed that uh, they haven't been done for a while. <laughs> That's not chill. <laughs> like, that is, that is, that is actually, I think, more upsetting than just walking in and going, hey, it's your turn to do the dishes, and you haven't done them yet. Could you please go do the dishes? Right? Sure. Yeah, you sound upset there, but you also sound like, I am upset, but I am not, like, angry. I'm not. I, I like yes this is the thing that bothers me mm-hmm. but my tone of voice in trying to hide that something bothers you 
the end result is that ends you ends up making you sound way more invested in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay. I can see that. Now there, I mean, there are people who are are unable to to decipher these social cues. Yes. Um, and so if you if you find yourself in a situation like that, um, it's more important, like you said, to be direct about things. And um, and certainly lots of times someone does something and they don't they don't think about this, the circumstances or the, the consequences and they don't mean to hurt anyone. Um, but if you if you come at it in the direction of calm assertiveness, you're more likely to get what you want than if you kowtow or make it uh, seem like less of a problem like you were talking about also Teresa ask me what another important uh, factor is what's another timing factor? yes <laughs> yeah. um, and because I think that if the person okay for example say the person makes a joke that like kind of embarrasses you in front of your friends right sure maybe turning to them right in that second and saying like hey I don't like this while everyone's still looking at the both of you maybe that's not the right time Maybe later, pull him aside and be like, hey, said this thing. I don't think you were trying to upset me, but it really kind of bothered me. And I'd really appreciate it if you didn't do that again. Right now, you've taken a lot of the pressure off and mm-hmm. you've made it really mm-hmm. easy. The other side of that might be like maybe it's a minor thing that your roommate does where it's like if you were trying, if you tried to point it out to them two days later, like, hey, remember Tuesday when you said this thing? And they're going to say, no, no. <laughs> right? maybe that is the time to say like, hey, so right there, I just want you to know that that's a thing that you tend to do a lot. And I don't think you notice it, but I think that, you know, that it is very upsetting to me. And I would really appreciate it if you would try not to do that thing. Right. Like, I think timing is also a really important issue because the other side of it, too, is if you wait too long, you start to like bubble about it inside and then you have an even harder time communicating it. Right. Because of the feelings. Yes, because of all those pesky feelings. <laughs> and not that there's anything wrong with feeling. Like, that's another thing exactly. I really want to make clear in all of this. It is so okay to be upset. And it is so okay to be angry. And it's so upset, okay to be sad or anything. It really becomes about, like you and what you how do you want to feel and, and like, it's it's okay to feel but it's not okay to be ruled by those emotions yes especially once again we're talking about, and we touch on this all the time but we're talking about like textbook perfect world way to do it that doesn't mean sometimes you plan in your head how you're going to talk to your roommate very calmly and then you get in there and you say two words and you start crying it <laughs> happens happens we have been there it's okay um this question is from ren if your family or friend group is full of loud talking interrupters, how do you make sure you're heard without shouting and or being rude? See, this is, once again, this is a great, this goes back to what I was saying at the beginning, Ren, because you're talking about being in a room full of loud, interrupting people, and you're worried about interrupting them and being rude, but they're not, right? So, A, you can talk with them, right? You can have conversations with your family and say, like, hey... You interrupt a lot. I think that's totally valid. But it also is like contextually here, if you think about your family as like a small culture. Like a microcosm. Right. In this microculture, 
it's not rude to be loud and interrupt, right? That's the norm, mm-hmm. right? And so that's the question is, do you want to change the culture, that microculture, or do you adapt when you are within that microculture to the etiquette of, if I want to talk with them, I have to be loud and interrupting like everyone else, right? Right. Now, sometimes that's bad. Like, they're, you know, I know groups of people where their thing is making fun of each other. Like, that's how they get along. I don't think that that's a great microculture, right? And so don't join that microculture. But if you like hanging out with your friends and family, and I think maybe you just need to adapt a little bit when you're with them, be a little bit louder and interrupt a little. I mean, the McRoy's are that. The McElroy's <laughs> like, are that. The yeah. McRoy's are loud talking interrupters. But then when I go out and hang out with other people that aren't, I have to adapt, you know, and try to be better about that. Don't we have we have an episode on interrupting, right? I think we do. I yeah. think we do. A couple of my tactics for this. Um, it, well, the first one is calmly explain to Travis that he interrupted me. Or just gently like lay a hand on That's, my arm. Yeah, yeah right. I get that a lot too. I, uh, when I feel like he's dominating a conversation and interrupting others, I very discreetly touch him gently, either on the arm or the leg. Poke me in the eye, something like that. <laughs> and this is our signal between us so that he can remember that this is this is a personality trait and he needs to listen a little better. Yes. And, but I will also say the nice thing about that, the kind of backstory to that is it's because of conversations we've had, mm-hmm. right? So I don't, I don't feel upset about it. I'm not like, what? No, I wasn't, right? Because I know I am, mm-hmm. right? Because like we've had enough conversations about it that it's like, okay, cool. And listen, it goes both ways, folks. It certainly does. Teresa does some things that I don't like. <laughs> no, but like, but because of the direct communication, now having like shorthand for it, right, makes it easier, right? And it is because of the direct communication of saying like, hey, you might not realize this is a problem because it's so normalized for you, but, right? right. And that makes it a lot easier. So like I, said, I also find that sometimes I just give him a death stare. Yeah, I also get that a lot when I'm... Sometimes when I talk, my voice just naturally starts amplifying into yelling. Not out of anger, but just out of like... Excitement. Excitement. And so sometimes I'll look at Teresa and she just has big eyes at me. I'm like, am I yelling? <laughs> okay, cool. Um, but so I think that that's... I think that that's the thing, Ren. It's like, I, I think it is a bad microculture that they do this. I think you are totally within your rights to speak with them. I think once again, I would recommend speaking to them individually mm-hmm. rather than like calling a big group meeting, right? Because probably what it is is it is a lot of like it, it, as a group they feed into each other's energy, right? Sure. And so I think on an individual basis, you're going to get a better response from it. Um, this question is from Amon. What's the best way to politely get the wait staff's attention for extras after you've already been served your food? Oh, okay. Um, this is another one I think that we've covered in our restaurant episode, but for a quick refresher, um, you are to look in the direction of your of your wait staff, the one that is serving your table, uh, make eye contact and raise one hand up about level with your head. So not like... Raise your hand if you have a question type like, thing so straight so up. crooked at the elbow. So it's kind of crooked at the elbow, a slight little wave there. Make that eye contact and they should come over to you. And I also think, so that's like the body position, right? Mm-hmm. But if you think about body language, 
how hard are you making eye contact with them? How tense are your shoulders? How flexed are your fingers, right? Like, and this is the thing, because this is when we're talking about, you know, as far as, like, for those who pick up social cues and for those who, you know, that is not an issue, those little things, it's amazing how much anger and frustration that can convey, often unintentionally. Sure. Right? But a relaxed hand as you still, like, kind of looking them but still clearly talking to the people at your table is a lot different from just, like, tense, holding your jaw, making eye contact, like, hey, where's the ketchup? <laughs> the intensity. Right? The intensity. Yeah, right, right, right. <laughs> and I also think, once again, that's that's the perfect world response, right? But if you're doing that and nothing's helping, I think it's also fine to, like, lean around and like maybe say excuse me when they walk by you know sure what I mean? sure if you find that you cannot locate your wait staff you can contact a host or um even a busser and get them to find your wait staff for you or you know a lot of places now have started doing a thing where it's just kind of catch as catch can with wait staff you know where it's just like there's no speci- there's like a lead person who checks in on your table but like everybody's kind of oh, walking so, by and making sure everything's okay. Yeah, I think that others uh, called runners. I think so. But like, Something if, like if that. someone's walking by and you just need like a quick thing for them to like, you know, catch up. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine too if you see somebody who isn't seemingly like purposefully moving from place to place. Say like, hey, could I grab some ketchup? Would you get? Thank you very much. Sure. Right. Um, let's see. This question is from Maji, and Maji asks. Um, how do you explain things to people who are really good at twisting the conversation from getting what you want to getting what they want? And we touched on this a little bit a before, little right? Bit. Of like saying like, I recognize that that is also an issue and I think we totally should talk about it. But first I'd really like to figure out this thing. I think, yeah, that's the, the kind of like avoidance uh, that we want to <laughs> avoid. I also think once again, not to get too meta with it, but then maybe you want to have a conversation with them about how they twist conversations. <laughs> right? Like Um, I would steer away from that in oh yeah. in the way of it sounds like manipulation. So oh, saying like twisting like you're twisting the conversation. It right. It does sound like mani- maybe instead say like oh, because that's the thing, is like we talked before about because Teresa and I had previously discussed my interrupting uh, bad habits. It makes it easier to point out briefly without hanging on it. Maybe you want to have a conversation with them where you say like, hey, so, you know, I I want to have a conversation with you about the way that we discuss issues. And like oftentimes I think a lot of stuff gets compounded because we don't just deal with one issue at a time. It ends up becoming a laundry list of issues where I introduce an issue and then you also introduce an issue. I think we need to start working through issues one at a time. And if you have an issue, I would love for you to feel comfortable bringing it to me instead of waiting for me to start the conversation. Great. That sounds really good. Man, I'm really good at that. (laughs) Y'all, do you hear that? That was really good. Uh, Anyways, um, we're going to wrap up here soon. Um, This is an extra long episode because it's Max Fun Drive and that's what y'all get. But I want to talk about Max Fun Drive one last time. Um, Ugh. It's the best time of the year. Um, So we talked about the reward levels, the $5 a month bonus content, the $10 a month pin and bonus content, $20 a month cookbook, cookie cutters, pin and bonus content, the $35 a month carafe, cookie cutters, cookbook, pin and bonus content. And then there's the additional levels, right? So when we talk about like the $50 a month, $100 a month, $200 a month, 
I know that those are upper level. That's a lot of money a month that not everyone can do, that few people can do. And I totally get that. But let me tell you a secret. And listen, you're not going to hear about this everywhere. But here at Max Fun, we'll tell it to you. I appreciate the $5 a month donors just as much as the $200 a month ones. Because here's the thing. Because we all, you all become a, a member right. of our community. It's not, a, it's not about the money. The money is great because the money supports the shows and lets us keep making them and lets us keep doing it and lets Max Fun keep growing. We added like 10 new shows this month, this year, I think. And that's amazing. The money is great. But for me, and I think most of the hosts, if not all of the hosts and all of Max Fun, it's about the membership. It's about the people. It's about knowing that we have supporters, knowing that when we start on a new project or put something out, there are people for whom that matters, right? And Exactly. And so if you want to up your donation and, or if you want to start at $200 a month, that is amazing. Listen, that is great. And I'm not going to downplay that at all because that's a huge contribution that you're making. But for some people in their budget, $500 is $200 for them. You know what I mean? So like, does that make sense? Okay. $500 is $200. No, sorry. Two, $5 ah. is $200 for them. $5 in their budget is the same as $200 in someone else's oh, budget. Oh, okay. Right? Yeah. And so like the level doesn't matter to me. It is the membership and the support that is important to us. And so if you have considered it in the past... And maybe you have considered it, but you felt like my $5 doesn't do anything. It does. It does. Your membership means that much to us. And not only that, if everybody get, if everybody could give $5, we'd probably never have to do <laughs> max fund drives again. <laughs> but, you know, $5 means a lot to us and the support means a lot. So please consider going to MaximumFund.org forward slash donate and becoming a, a member now. And then go on Twitter, go on Facebook, go on Instagram, go on whatever, and talk about it. Say, like, hey, I did this, and it feels great, and you should, too. Oh, R.I.P. Vine. R.I.P. Who was going on Vine to talk about? Is that a thing? Oh. I, well, I don't know. And uh, we'll keep, you know, making the content and putting out episodes. And I just, ugh, I get I get so, uh, I get so caught up. I get so emotional talking about max fun because just thinking about over the eight years how my life has changed right absolutely and like not not just like career wise but like i i can have i can comfortably we have a baby now right and we can have support for that baby and we can afford to have that baby because of donate i don't have to have another job to have a baby I can focus on podcasting and making content for you because of Max Fun Drive, you know? And, like, that means the world to me. Um, I'm getting choked up talking about it, but it really, I really do appreciate it so much, more than I can say. Uh, so please consider going to MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Okay, so let's wrap up. So I think the key is, right, here's the thing. This is dorky, so dorky. Oh, y'all. So dorky, but I do it, and you should too. It is okay to practice ahead of time. Okay, yes, it is okay to practice what you are going to say. Yes, I always, I always practice the lead-in. Okay, right? okay. I practice the intro to it. That's that's what I'm thinking about. It's like, but no conversation that that you make by yourself is going to ever appear in in the outside world. Absolutely. So 
Yes, definitely. Practice your lead-in. But let me, here's another piece of advice, though, the counterpoint to that. When you practice, try to keep emotion out of it. Okay, yeah. Right? Because sometimes through repetition, you'll get yourself like... Worked up? Yeah, worked up. Don't do that, right? You are literally just picking word choice of how to start the conversation, which is often the most important part, right? Because that's where the, the, you know, first foot, first step comes in. Um, so ask for what you want. Be direct if that's what the situation calls for. And tone of voice matters and uh, body language matters. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, you know, sometimes the, it goes bad. Sometimes it's not going to end well. Not every negotiation, not every conversation ends well. And that's not because you did anything wrong or didn't handle it correctly. It's just because you aren't the only person involved. The other person has wants and needs, too. And so that means that, you know, sometimes you don't get what you want or the other person doesn't get what they want or it all falls apart. But I think that at a certain point, you really have to gauge. I I have in my life had to have numerous introspective conversations with myself Mm -hmm. about like, am I doing damage to my own psyche and even physical health by not having this conversation? And the i think also in that is all you can do is all you can do yeah yeah and and it is not rude to be worried about yourself sometimes you know what i mean like yeah. that's it's important it's important sometimes to make sure you're also doing what's right for you and i think if you're listening to this show and you need advice on this kind of thing you're already probably not being rude by asking for what you want, right? Like, right. if you're worried about it, you you are probably fine. <laughs> you're probably okay. Um, so that's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Please go check out all the other amazing Max Fun shows because they're putting up some of their best content in these two weeks. Um, they're really bringing their A games. Um, and I'm just so excited to listen to everybody else's shows too. Um, I think we are... so. We know what our next episode is going to be, but we'll be traveling this weekend. So I think it'll be a little bit late, but we have an episode that we recorded this past weekend. So I think we're going to put out two episodes next week. Woohoo! Yeah, you get that extra, extra, extra Schmanners bonus stuff because of Max Fun Drive. Um, also, we are going to be at C2E2 uh, this weekend in Chicago. Um, so if you want to come see us, you can see all the listings for events and stuff at bit.ly slash Travis C2E2. Uh, and Teresa and I are also going to be doing a Schmanners at Moon Tower Comedy Festival uh, in Austin, Texas on April 18th. Uh, and you can find out about that at bit.ly slash Moon Tower Schmanners. Oh, and also um, we are going to be doing a Schmanners live show at the Houston My Brother, My Brother and Me show on April 15th. Um, you can find links to that and all the other My Brother, My Brother and Me and Adventure Zone live shows coming up at com slash tours. Um, I think I'm going to make you research for one of those. Okay. It's a, listen, <laughs> we got a lot going down. Um, but it's all going to be great. It's going to be good. And we're able to do so many live shows and travel and stuff because of support from people like you. Just throwing that in one more time. MaximumFun.org forward slash donate. Hashtag <laughs> MaxFunDrive. Um, let's see. Who else do we thank? We always thank Brent, Brent Floss Black, for our theme music, which is available as a ringtone where those are sold. We also like to thank Kayla M. Wassel for our beautiful Twitter art. 
thumbnail art. Um, and we like to thank Keely Weiss Photography for our banner on the Fan Run Facebook group, Schmanners Fanners. So you can join that and uh, interact with other polite people. Uh, and I think that's going to do it for us. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, uh, join us again next week. No RSVP required. You've been listening to Schmanners. Manners. Schmanners. Get it? MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.